And a very good afternoon. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us. Yes, it's Friday, nearing the end of a, uh, well, another long week, to be honest. But it's a week that ends with some encouraging news, particularly if you are uh, listening to us. uh, Well, actually, if you can't listen to us, you're getting some encouraging news. Because today is day one, of course, of phase three of the reopening of the province, which includes pretty much everybody but us, once again, but Toronto. So... You know, to those of you that can't hear my voice, I say congratulations. Well, maybe you're listening online, uh, on the internet. If you're listening online, then you can hear. But uh, gyms, theaters, of course, among those that have been uh, cleared for reopening throughout uh, Ontario, except, of course, uh, the GTA, in-house dining, restaurants, once again, can go forward. I know there's a lot of concern about that. We are talking about that earlier this week. That in-house dining, restaurants reopening has been a bit of a COVID hotspot in the states. When you look at you know states like California and Florida in particular, that is one of the things they cite as restaurants being indoors, eating and mingling with the others. And bars, of course, have been a particular hotspot and concern. And also gyms. And we're actually we're going to talk a lot about the stage three reopening throughout the afternoon today. Coming up in our next hour, we'll talk to a gym owner about what they have done. And if you are a gym rat, you like going to the gym, you can hardly wait to get back to the gym. We'll give you a bit of an inside perspective, if you will, of what to expect. What to expect when you go back to the gym. What you might uh, see there in terms of sanitation. We're also hearing that uh, you're going to have to pre-book your gym appointments uh, now. So we'll talk about that in our next hour. Coming up inside the uh, next 10, 15 minutes, we will also talk about the economic implications of the Phase 3 reopening. What does this exactly mean to the province economically? That is coming up. But first, as a a large part or most of Ontario moves into Phase 3 of the reopening today, what does this mean uh, exactly uh, for uh, not only businesses, but uh, what does this mean uh, for the province? Because uh, Premier Ford, with a uh, lot of praise uh, yesterday, he was on the road, he was in the Windsor area, and he had quite a bit of praise for the federal government, uh, because when we talk about the economic implications, they get some good money or economic news, the Ontario government did, as it was announced that Ontario will receive $7 billion from Ottawa As I mentioned, Premier Ford with a lot of praise for the Trudeau government uh, for that. It's all part of a $19 billion national relief aid uh, package to help the provinces all reopen safely. But $7 billion, is it enough? And where exactly should that money go? Let's ask Mitzi Hunter. She's the finance critic for the Ontario Liberal Party. She's on the line and joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mitzi, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Hi, Doug. Thanks for having me. This is great. Okay, $7 billion, that's a big number, but is it enough? I mean, it is a, it's a big number. It's, it's gone from what we thought was $5 billion uh, to seven. so that's definitely going in the right direction, but it's not as much as Premier Ford was asking for, which is $23 billion. So my question to him is, is he going to make up the shortfall for Ontario's uh, families and businesses who need support right now? Okay, and I want to get to that in a second, but of that $7 billion, Mitzi, where do you think that money is needed most? Where should it go? You know, it's going to really uh, plug into a lot of areas that, in particular, cities and uh, municipalities have been asking for. 
Um, their operating budget uh, has taken a big hit, and uh, and this money is going to help them to not cut core services. Uh, public transit, of, of course, uh, is, is really important. But even things like child care, um, $625 million is earmarked for child care. Um, there's of course, we're still in a, a health crisis. Uh, COVID-19 has not gone away, despite the fact that phase three is reopening in much of the province today. So making sure that our systems of testing and contact tracing are, are well-funded, $4.3 billion is set aside for that. And the importance of that, um, not only is it for what's happening now in the summer, but in the fall, uh, everyone is concerned about a second wave. So we want to make sure that we're better prepared for that uh, second wave if it does happen. Absolutely. You hit on a couple of the biggies, I think. And let's break these down a little further. Uh, public transit, for example, the uh, TTC. We know that people have not been going to work over the last couple of months like they normally would or have had in the past. Ridership is down. Revenues are down. So is this money to make up for that shortfall to keep uh, the likes of the TTC rolling? I do. I think that uh, the, the city um, can determine to pump money into the TTC to continue it in uh, good operating, whether it's the subways or the buses and uh, streetcars and LRTs network that's, uh, that's, that's in, in the, our communities because we, we need to make sure that when people are uh, willing and able to go back to their routines of work, school, uh, getting around, that the transit system is still there. Um, we don't want to face a, any kind of cut uh, to those routes because, um, you know, that's going to be more difficult to bring back later on. So, so this money helps to keep things afloat, um, you know, while the revenues have been significantly down. I mean, Mayor has been really clear that the city, uh, you know, has, has really hemorrhaged uh, in, based on its, uh, its operating revenues, and, and the TTC has been part of that. All right, child care, that is obviously also a very key area. We've talked about that from time to time because parents right now, it's still up in the air whether or not their kids will actually be going back to school in the fall. A lot of parents expected to be back at work, if not so already, and we know child care, uh, the spaces are limited because of uh, public health uh, concerns. How can we best help uh, parents and child care providers? Absolutely. I mean, this is a this has been a big concern you know we talk about who's been most affected here um in this recession and it's actually been women it's it's a, a, a she session in fact more women um have uh, have had to stay home um they're doing more in terms of uh providing child care um and uh, and in order to make sure that women can can equally go back into into the workforce and the recovery you've got to make sure that uh, that child care is covered so the extra money uh, is well needed there. Also, the childcare sector has to change. So uh, the spacing is, has to be safe, PPE, um, changing routines, um, and there has to be money in place in order to do that, as well as the number of spaces, you know, has to be adequate as well. So the $625 million, I think, is uh, is really appropriate uh, to put that into childcare because it will aid the economic recovery, especially for women. Okay, one of the other big areas I wanted to ask you about, Mitzi, is long-term care. Obviously, that's been bold headlines throughout this entire uh, pandemic. Uh, Do we need to make sure that there is money going into long-term care facilities, that we uh, get these facilities up to standard uh, and make sure that regulations are being followed in these uh, LTCs? 
Absolutely. I mean, the the real tragedy for COVID-19 has been in long-term care. Uh, 80% of the the deaths that uh, unfortunately have happened. In my own riding in Scarborough Guildwood, um, I have multiple long-term care centres that were really, really struggling in the early days of the pandemic. Um, You know, thankfully, they are now receiving much-needed oversight assistance uh, from the hospitals and and other resources that have come. But those resources came way late. When we talk about, you know, standards such as PPE, um, making sure that workers uh, in long-term care are only dedicated to that home and they're not moving around from home to home, which also enhances the opportunity to spread the virus, all of those types of standards are, are needed needed to be put in place and also the safe uh, distancing you know um, the, the, many of the facilities are quite old and uh, and there needs to be um, a, a change in how they operate so the additional uh, 1.2 billion dollars I believe is for health and uh, mental health transfers uh, part of that I would imagine would be used for the, the long-term care uh, system as well to make sure that we strengthen it and it's not of course unique to Ontario this has happened in Quebec and in, in other parts of the country Country. Uh, so there, there does need to be more resources that are put into our long-term care system. And frankly, we need to be building more uh, newer, modern facilities. It was something under the former Liberal government. We committed to building 15,000 new beds. And uh, I don't know why in the last two years, uh, Premier Ford hasn't necessarily uh, done that in terms of getting going with that. But I do hear a recent commitment this week that they are going to start building some of those new beds. And they are desperately needed in this province. And we have an aging population, so this, this issue is not going to go away in the future. It's actually something that we need to continue to plan and prepare for. All right. Long-term care, child care, public transit. You can see the $7 billion, which we mentioned at the top, is a big number, uh, Mitzi. It can dry up in a big hurry. And this agreement with the federal government for the provinces is to last six to eight months. Uh, is there a chance, do you think, that it could be renewed? Should it be uh, renewed? I do. I well. I think the the other shoe that we're waiting for to drop is for Premier Ford to uh, step up to to match some of the contributions that are being made by the federal government. Uh, you know, when you look at uh, how the federal government has responded to this pandemic crisis, first giving CERB, which is uh, you know wages uh, income really to people who lost their jobs. And then the wage subsidy that went to directly to businesses so people can keep their jobs and companies can not lay people off in the first place. And, uh, and now we're seeing, you know, um, ind- supports for businesses, whether it comes to commercial rent and other ways that they're supporting businesses. And, and what we're saying to the premier is that, you know, the federal government has done a lion's share of the intervention. It, it, it was a, a crisis, a health crisis, and to keep Canadians and Ontarians safe. But we want to see... Premier Ford uh, matched some of those contributions for the people of this province. We know that Ontario is the economic engine of Canada, and we want to make sure that you know businesses don't fail, that we help them before they fail, and that families uh, who need supports at this time are receiving that that support. So, you know, I'm asking Premier Ford to step up and to match some of this contribution coming in from the federal government so that Ontario families um, and individuals can get the support that they need and can feel that sense of confidence to go back out into the economy because they know that they're doing so safely. They have the right systems in place 
PPE, the right guidelines for social distancing and physical distancing, and everything is being managed appropriately to keep people safe in the uh, economic recovery. For sure. Finally, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's federal, provincial, or municipal, at, at the end of the day, it's the taxpayer that is footing the bill. Is there any doubt in your mind that taxes, fees, that they're going to have to go up? Not at this stage, Jeff. It's, it's, we're still, actually, we're still under a state of emergency until end of August. And, uh, you know, I've spoken out in the legislature about um, the, the government's plan to, to actually do a bit of a power grab and to keep uh, access to emergency powers, even though the state of emergency will be lifted. I, I think that's wrong. I don't think that's what people elected, uh, the le- you know, for, for the government to do. It, you know, these types of emergency uh, measures take away people's individual freedoms, you know, their right to, um, to gather and, and to move around freely. And so if you're going to restrict those rights, I think it should be governed by the, the, the parliament that elected the representatives. But having said that, you know, we, we want to make sure that, um, that we continue to, to keep people uh, safe in the recovery. There is the risk of a second wave. So we're not through this yet. Some very big decisions are, are ahead, like a safe back to school. You know, a lot of parents are concerned. Um, the, there's just been a, a study released uh, in the last couple of days that shows that, you know, half of all parents are not confident in the reopening of schools, and they're not even sure they're going to be sending uh, their kids back to school come September. So, you know, in order to, to strengthen that confidence, they are going to want to see the investments come forward from the provincial government to make sure that we have a safe back-to-school plan for education workers and for students. Um, I think that's the only way that we have to, you know, make sure that we keep the focus on what's important in terms of the priorities in this province and certainly making sure that uh, kids get the education they deserve is a priority. So it's going to require more investment from the government in order to to make sure the system is safe. And that is an answer that parents and students alike are desperately uh, waiting for. They promise it's coming in the uh, next couple of weeks, but there's a lot of big decisions, a lot of heavy lifting, and the uh, clock is ticking on that for sure. Mitzi, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it, and have a good weekend. Thanks so much, Jeff. And, and by the way, there's no singing in those bars when they reopen. Uh, that's not one of the good things that are allowed. So you can uh, have a pint, but you can't sing. All right. Thank you. Mitzi Hunter, the finance critic for the Ontario Liberal Party.